This week, Candy Sue's in the house. This is Barbecuer's Delights, one and only. The pellet queen herself. She goes over the makings of wood pellets and even a little bit of her own personal side for barbecue. Welcome to the Butcher Barbecue Podcast, world headquarters, Wellston, Oklahoma. The Butcher Turn Pitmaster, your host, David Bosca. Welcome everybody to this week's episode of the Butcher Barbecue Podcast. We have a lovely lady today that we have just fell in love with and have become great friends with. That is Candy Sue of Barbecuers Delight Barbecue Pellets. Hi, David. How are you today? We're good. Tell everybody where you're at right now. I'm in Palm Bluff, Arkansas. I'm two blocks from the Arkansas River. Uh, I'm at the factory. I'm in the office looking out the window at a beautiful blue sky. Oh, yes. it's We all are ready for that. Amen. <laughs> Tell us who Candy Sue is. Well, I am um, Candy Sue Weaver. That is my real name. I think my mother, who was the original Sue Weaver, was born to barbecue. Pig was her favorite animal. Um, and I've got pigs all over the house. I'm, I'm the eldest of three children. Bob and Sue Weaver had me and my two brothers followed right along, and all three of us are in business together. And my nephew, Alex, just joined the business probably two years ago. So there's a whole lot of Weavers at Barbecuers Delight. <laughs> Tell everybody what Barbecuers Delight is. Okay, well, we make wood pellets for barbecue. We have an arsenal of about 13 flavors and getting ready to add a couple more to that. I joined the business in 99, and we were one of five pellet manufacturers nationwide that were making and selling barbecue pellets. I used to get tickled because Traeger always had a thing where they, oh, don't use those other people's pellets. Well, generally, we always thought they were talking about us. So... (laughs) And, of course, pellets have just gone crazy here lately, and everybody with a pellet plant out there uh, makes barbecue pellets these days. What else does the plant do, or is it just cooking pellets? Oh, not at all. You you know, I think right now you might could survive on doing just barbecue pellets, but we do... We do heating fuel, we do cat litter, we do equine litter. We actually hold a pallet, a patent on a number of products. My brother does. Uh, we've got a clumping cat litter made out of southern yellow pine and a uh, loss control medium for oil well drilling. Loss control medium. Yeah. Uh, okay. A, a, what, something. <laughs> It's probably it's LCM is what what it is. It's when they hit an air pocket underneath the ground and they lose whatever they got to have to make the the drill work. Hmm. So yeah, above and my I'm head. And I'm not saying that well, but above my pay grade too. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, let's get back to something that we do know: barbecue. Okay. Yeah, Amen. I, I'm all with that. How long has have you been in business, sir? Been in business since uh, 1982. This location. My brother and my father, my oldest brother and my father, started the business in 1982. And we started as a service provider to the paper mill that I look out at my window right now. So it's, uh, that has, has long since passed. But um, we used to take their sludge and make it into fuel cubes, which they would burn in their boiler. It's kind of pre-pellet, but it's kind of the same kind of thing. So, you know, squeeze the oil out, pack it down, make it something that burns. Interesting. Now, we started making wood pellets in the early early 90s, and for a long, long time, we were the most southern 
wood pellet plant in the country. And, of course, these days uh, there's so many big export wood pellet plants that, that uh, fuel the boilers and the electrical generators uh, in Europe and the U.K. Well, let me just say this much. There is nobody more Southern than Candy Soup. No, afraid not. You're just a Southern girl as they come. Well, I'm from South Georgia originally, so yeah, it kind of makes sense. <laughs> Explain to everyone the actual process of how to make pellets. What from, let's say, when something comes in your garage door till the time you ship it out your garage door. Kind of, kind of explain what the process is. Well, there's a number of processes in there that kind of depends on what kind of barbecue pellets we're making. You know, we make a hundred percent species pellet and which we package in a one-pound bag. And the pellets in that bag are 100% hickory, they're 100% mesquite, they're 100% orange wood, they're 100% whatever the wood is. The only blends we have there are Jack Daniels and Savory Herb. And I did the Savory Herb because I've been an herb gardener for years and always through uh, stems and leaves and stuff in the charcoal and for flavor. And So that one's kind of my brainchild, and I'm very proud of it. It's oak mixed with uh, oregano, rosemary, and thyme. It smells like pizza when they're making those pellets. It's really the only pellet we, we make that has an odor, and they don't like making it much. <laughs> but uh, when, when it comes in, we generally source our raw material from a number of places. If it's going into our 20-pound bags for pellet grill fuel, it's blended with oak, and we get a very, very clean, dry oak. And by clean, I mean no bark. And we'll mix flavor wood into that to a certain percentage and make that for our 20-pound bags of pellet-fired grills. And what that does is that gives you consistent BTUs with a clean burn and low ash and even heat and plenty of flavor to make your food taste really good. Yeah, and I think that's something that's overlooked is the pellets out there that people say, oh, this is great, this has got good flavor, but it is inconsistent. There's The BTUs is so important when it comes to cooking with pellets. Absolutely. I mean, it doesn't – I remember we went to a trade show one time uh, years and years ago. They had accidentally put 100% apple in a 20-pound bag. You had a flame, but you had no heat. Oh yeah, and yep. and it it did not cook. <laughs> yeah, we ended up throwing that meat away because it, it it just never got up there. I think the temperature was riding about one fifty five, one sixty. But apples kind of notorious for being a low BTU wood. Okay, well, the basis of the question was also, I mean. It's compressed. You don't inject it with anything. You don't spray it with oh, anything. No. That's what I mean. Mm-hmm. Explain how they're actually made. You know what I'm saying? Okay. It goes into a hammer mill, which uh, does a couple of things. It makes sure there's no metal in there because metal will cause an F-I-R-E, and that is a four-letter word in the <laughs> pellet business. So you've got it goes through magnets. It goes through a hammer mill to mix it up really good, which is important for the 20-pound stuff. And then it goes into a, a pellet machine, which is like a big old circular centrifugal force thing with a die in it. And the, the sawdust goes out through that die and it like liquefies the lignin, which is in the wood. It's a naturally occurring substance in the wood. And it, it kind of squeezes it out like cookie dough. It extrudes through, it. Through, 
It extrudes it, yeah. And, you know, it, it, it reforms into this, this pellet shape. It's about five times denser when it comes out than when it went in. Okay. See, so, that's, that's what I wanted is just a basic, simple of yeah. a pellet. How does it do it? Yeah. Yeah. If you ever really want to see what, how much, quote, natural wood is in a pellet, drop water on it. And until it won't hold anymore That's and right. watch it blow up yep. and it'll, it'll show you, you'll end up with a nice little pile of sawdust. And if you want so. to see the real fun in that, leave it in your hopper and try it. No, that's not fun. <laughs> <laughs> Pellet Creek is, Creek is not a good thing. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> did I ever tell you the story of the contest I was at one time? I, I was, I was cooking in the pellet jambo and I decided, well, I'm going to go get me I had everything ready where all I had to do about three in the morning was get up and light the, light the, light, you know, put a fire starter in there and turn it on. Well, it came a rain in the middle of the night and I had pellet creek in there so hard you couldn't move it. So I, I like, I said, okay, I'm going to going home in the morning. And I, I woke up at five and my neighbor was over there with a big old weed burner. And I said, uh, can I borrow you for a minute? And he said, sure, what you need? And I said, well, I need I need you to bring your weed burner over here and, and burn my auger tube. <laughs> and, you know, it burn out. If you have a way to do that and apply heat to it, it will dry it out enough to where it will move. Wow. And you get it out there. <laughs> I went on there. And, and, and my neighbor won grand and I won reserve. Oh, First time oh, awesome. I'd ever cooked a contest hot and fast. Yeah, and I mean, I cooked, I cooked hot. <laughs> well, with pellets in mind, is there any one wood that makes a better pellet over another? Not necessarily what's the best seller, but have you ever actually found one that she's like, "Gosh, this just makes a better pellet." Well, I know a few that don't. Oh, that's a great one. Tell uh, me what does it make a good pellet? Peach. Okay. It's it's very very soft. I can remember back many years ago when uh, I, I bought some. We weren't making peach pellets. I bought some from Weldon up in Kansas, um, Branch Creek Pellets, I think was his business. Uh, I remember placing an order with him, and he called me, and I said, well, are you? He, he says, you're one of those weavers down in Pine Bluff, aren't you? He says, yeah, you're going to sell me some pellets? And he said, well, yeah, I will, but you know, they don't make very good pellets. <laughs> he just told you that. And I'm like, Yeah. He just told me that. And I said, well, I really don't care. I just want to see how it takes. And I said, I'm looking at maybe adding it. I've got a source for some beach wood. And I thought maybe I'd, I'd like to try it first before I committed to buying it. He was right. They, they were kind of, they were kind of, didn't really, they, they were kind of crumbly. You know, some of them have a texture to them that, that's not as, as hard. And they, they're not integral, integral, they don't have a hard shape. Yeah. I can't say integral. That's what I'm looking at. Well, that kind of leads into my next thought process. When you do get a new type of wood, what what's your testing processes? Um, do you test like when it's done as far as obviously what you'll cook with it, but do you check it far as how it stays together and do you just shake the heck out of it to see if it goes to dust? What, what, what do y'all do to test a new wood that you're thinking about coming out with? Well, you don't really have to worry so much with that on the 20 pound stuff. And I've got to admit, I've got new flavors coming out with that. And I'm not worried about it at all because it's, it's, it's got a percentage of oak in there and I know it's going to make a good pellet. 
that's why my peach pellets are good is because they they we blend them with oak and that gives it the the beefiness and the the material to hold it together to make a good pellet. When I'm testing things to decide whether something would make a good would be good for barbecue, I cook on a plain old charcoal grill. Usually pull out a Weber, get a nice bed of a lump so it doesn't have any flavor much on its own. And I will te- I will test the wood, you know, whether it's pelleted or sawdust or it's chips or chunks or whatever. I will I will test it, and I generally test it by cooking a plain chicken breast. I may salt it, uh, but I don't put any other kind of seasoning on. I want to taste the smoke. Yeah, I would think that, but I didn't know for sure. Yeah, that's what I do. Well, you had mentioned the jambo pellet cooker mm-hmm. and. We'll get into that in just a second, but how many different style or different cookers have you had over the years? Oh, you you really want to put me up for an intervention, don't you? (laughs) You know, I I used to keep my count below 15, but I've gotten where I don't even really like to count anymore how many I got. Uh, I do pass them along. I, I actually sold the Pellet Jambo is no more, returned the Pellet Works to the guy that built it for me, and the Jambo actually went on with its new with its new owner won two grand, <laughs> taking it back to wood. And, you know, I'd had the wood basket and all of that. He, he, he's taking real good care of it. He, he says, just remember, your logos are right under this one. I remember, yeah, I remember I had a conversation with Wilma one night. We were sitting, oh, by the way, Wilma told me to tell you hello. Oh, I think of her every time I pass the two little miniature horses on my way to work every morning. (laughs) Yeah, that's what I was fixing to say is we were sitting in the house one time and we were just chatting back and forth. I said something to her about, I was thinking about getting another cooker and she's like, well, you've got nine now. How many do you need? (laughs) And I'm like, nine, you've got more horses than I got cookers. And she says, I do not. And I said, name the cookers I got. And lo and behold, she named every single one, what building it was in, the storage, where it was setting. And I thought, oh, I can't get away with this one. (laughs) I don't think you can hide a new one, man. That's right. I remember I I bought one off of you one time. Yeah, that nomad. That's right. Yeah. And you cooked chicken with that for a good while, I think. Oh, that was the best even cooking grill from side to side, front to back, as I've ever had. We called And that paddle wheel that yep. paddle wheel delivery system was the most unique I've seen anywhere. That's right. And that's how come we yep. ended up having to kick it to the side, go to the curb, hang hang its hat up, whatever you want to call it, is the plastic part <laughs> of the paddle wheel just completely fell apart. And me well, not being mechanically inclined, I did not want to tear it apart and mess with it. Well, I don't think you could have found a new one anyway. I mean, they were not hard to replace, but you had to have the part. If That's you right. didn't have the part, you really, you really, you were out of luck. We call it our transistor radio of pellet grills. <laughs> you know, it was just such a simple, simple grill. It had a switch for uh-huh. on and off, a switch yep. for a fan that was on and off. And then a mm-hmm. dial that just dialed in how quick you wanted the auger to turn. That was it. Yep. And we were I don't cook- even think it had a thermometer on it, did no, it? No, no, it did not. <laughs> it had a little little bitty one inch dial on the front, but 
that didn't do nothing but the first two inches right inside the deal. And we would yeah. crank that. If that if we could get that to reach 600, we knew we were where we needed to be. <laughs> I, I kid you not. We used to cook our chicken in 22 minutes. Uh, wow. Everybody thought we were crazy, but it would be raw. We would put it on the grate. And in 11 minutes, we'd pick it up and rotate it, set it back down. And then we would take us, we had a pre-made aluminum foil we'd fold and we just lay it over their top and just, it just kind of capture the heat as the heat come up from the bottom. And it was uh-huh. like a heat shield two inches above the chicken. And we would literally go from raw state to finishing in 22 minutes. Well, I bet it was a crunchy skin too until you sauced it. It was great. I mean, there wasn't enough time to screw it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we were cooking mm. a contest over at Springdale. Uh, I think it was one of the Ducks Unlimited contest. And we realized after we got it turned on that it was not coming to temp. And we got to looking at oh, it. And that's yeah. when we realized that this paddle wheel is all but gone. I looked at Martin. Oh, dear. I, I looked at Martin and I said, you need to walk to turn in because I'm going to give you that exact amount I says, because I'm going to need everything I can to get this chicken cooked. And we went ahead and put mm-hmm. the chicken on. He come back and he says, like a minute and 30 seconds. You're going to, I said, you're going to get a minute and 40. That's all you're getting. We were cooking wow. chicken at three minutes after the hour. Pulled it out, went straight in the box. He took off. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. It, and How'd it, you do? Uh, we didn't make top 10. It wasn't that glorious, mm. great story as, oh, that's going to be a winner now. Yeah. No, it wasn't that. No. It never worked for me that way either. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I, I tell you what, you should have cranked up that FEC and put it on the bottom shelf and finished it there. Oh, man. See, we, we weren't smart enough to think that far out. <laughs> but I, I had I have a friend in Alabama, and he always calls his FEC with his money machine. He'd do chicken 30 minutes. Oh yeah, yeah, it can be done. When they first come out, they would get they would tell you about a heat shield you could put like in the second from the bottom, and it trap everything down in there. Man, that would hmm. be a hot machine. That was before the PG days, huh? Oh, that's right. <laughs> so, how many different pellet pellet grills have you owned? Well, I had a I had a had an epiphany at one point in time where I had more pellet grills than I had other grills. Things have kind of swapped back the other way now. First of all, I have no debt ever. You- I have no gas gas grills. Okay. Um, So I've got three Weber kettles. I've got a Weber Smoky Mountain. I've got two of them. I've got a 14 and a half and a 22 and a half. I've got a pellet fire for the the 22 that also works in all the the Weber kettles. A Hasty Bake Ranger, which I love. I have, I've got just about every kind of Weber charcoal you've got. I've got one that I'm going to rehabilitate and I already worked on it some. I've got a Woodmaster Mini Hog. Which a, a is, what? I've uh, never heard of that one. Well, they quit making them. Okay. And actually, I was toying with the idea of selling it and came real close to it, but I, I, I cooked on it and I'm like, no, I can't sell this one because I didn't have a backup for competition and this is my backup for competition it's got double burners but only one of them works i burn it out at the magnolia great world championship steak cook-off first time i had it out uh, at a steak cook-off burn up one of the motors but it, that makes it the perfect temperature for doing barbecue with one burner hmm. but it's it's a roll behind 
you know, and, and it weighs all of maybe 500 pounds. So it's a real lightweight little thing. They call it a mini hog. Their, their website's still up. I'm, I'm going to rehabilitate that one way or another. Nice. Replace the cooking grates with, with real grates. And because I think it'd just be a steak cooking monster. You yeah. know, if I get that other, if I get that other motor running, it, 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 it'll blast it at, at 650-700. My main cooker, of course, is a Yoder uh, Cimarron pellet. Uh, I've got the only one I think they've made that's on on a tray on a pull behind trailer, and that's my main contest cooker. They, there's a couple of them out there that uh, are on on carts, but I've got the only one that's trailered. Those are my two rolling ones. I let the Jambo go. I let my FEC 100 go, too. Now, that was hard, but it was went to a very good friend of mine in, in Hot Springs that had blown up his that was about two months newer than mine. And I'm like, well, I, mine works. But anyway. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I'm, I, I'm kind of a moving target on, on grills. I have a lot of them. I play around with a lot of them. Uh, I've got green mountain grills i absolutely adore the davy crockett because that that's that's just an awesome little portable grill and it doesn't weigh 200 pounds i i can actually pick it up it's 60 pounds and so it's maneuverable and the first time i took it out to cook last year i won first place in turkey of all <laughs> that was my only first place finish last year and it was uh part of the turkey federation thing nice really Um, nice thinking of pellets and pellet flavors off the top of your head name some of the most unique flavors that y'all have done or combined or something well we've always had the philosophy that we're not going to combine we're going to let our customers combine okay so you know on pellet grills it's all two-thirds oak one-third flavor and you can mix it however you want to do that's fixing to change we're fixing to come out. You know, I've had a, I've had an option on the website for a long time. It's Candy's Contest Mix, and what you get is you get a bag of cherry and a bag of pecan. Okay. <laughs> With instructions to mix it in a five gallon bucket, pour it in. But we're getting ready to make a, make a cherry pecan blend. That's been and, my go, my two flavor go tos anyway. So I'll have to earmark that for myself. Yeah, I, I think it'll make. It'll make life easier. Uh, you know, the percentages will be the same. You just won't have to mix them yourself. We're coming out with one that's called uh, Master Your Beef, which is my brother's favorite mix. And it's two parts pecan, two parts sugar maple, and one part black walnut. And it is fabulous. For I don't care whether you're doing burgers or you're doing brisket or you know, beef ribs, anything in between. It is an absolutely super, super smoke flavor for beef. Been having a lot of fun doing the artwork for that for that bag. So we're almost to we're almost to proof inside. So So is that gonna be in twenty pound bags? Yes. You had toyed with something you were saying. Oh, we toyed with different sizes. You know, whether it be at a five pound or a ten pound, we came out with a, a ten pound cube bag last year that's been a, bit, a miserable failure. Actually, I think it was year before. Uh, we did, we just did it in hickory, mesquite, and apple, and like I said, it's a miserable failure. Now I think I am gonna. Oh no, no, I am gonna do a ten pound bag for. Uh, remember the wine barrel? Yes. Pellets I had. Well, we found a source for wine barrels, and we're going to make some, but they're going to be in a 10-pound bag cause, just because of cost factor. You know, that stuff's so expensive. I remember when I got a bag of those from you, 
you had emailed, mm-hmm. texted, called, I don't remember, and asked if I'd cooked with them yet. And I said, no, not yet. And they were too hard. So did you get that fixed? Yeah, that you got some of the 100% wine. Yes, yes. Wine soaked oak, and we blended those down. Okay. And then they were then they were just fine. But yeah, when the, those were those were really for use for charcoal. Gotcha. You know, you don't don't put them in a pellet hopper. Okay. Unless you've yeah. got a, a, a pellet a pellet auger that's not a closed auger, I found that closed auger system they don't like breaking pellets up. But if you've got one that's an open auger, you know where it's it's like a corkscrew in there, you can pretty much burn anything. Frankly. Without the metal rod in the middle is what you're talking about. Without the metal exactly. Yeah. You know, some are screw type, and some are just a spiral. Where it looks like a corkscrew, mm-hmm. almost. That will affect how a pellet grill performs a lot. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Actually, some with just the corkscrew you're talking about, sometimes they'll be a little more jumpy in temperature, and people don't realize why. Mm-hmm. Yep. You remember Mark Boren out of Minnesota? I can't remember what his team name was. Name sounds this familiar, is, I'm going, but I'm not sure. It's going back to the early aughts. He was around the circuit for a long time, and he designed and built his own. Uh, pellet cooker and he, he showed it to me one time and said this thing will burn sawdust this thing will burn wood chips this thing will burn small chunks and he really didn't care it, it burned it burned corn <laughs> wow <laughs> you know it uh but it was an open auger system and after that i've kind of looked around and and that's probably one of the first things i check in any in any uh pellet fire grill i haven't laid my hands on the new weber but I, i'm i'm going to get me one Boy, those have intrigued me too, man. I have window shopped since they come out, and I just keep holding off, going, "I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait." Um, but yeah, those you know, those are really intriguing me too. Yeah, I like I like their I like their ash configuration. Now I, I understand that the larger model is having issues with fires. Again, that four letter word. Not so much with the smaller ones, I don't think. I didn't know if it was the size difference or the amount of food going on it and people are trying to grill at 500 degrees with that direct fire world. I mean, absolutely it's going to catch. Even I think the small one or any of them. But I think if they were to use it as more of a smoker, the 200 to 300, I don't think it would catch. I wouldn't think. Yeah. It It would not be a normal setup if it did. Yeah. But you know, it may all be in the flavorizer bars. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's that's one of the parts that's got me intrigued. Cause it reminds me a lot of the cook shacks. Oh my gosh, I just drew a blank. They're charbroiler. Oh yeah. Yeah. And that that's what they've got right there, and that's for their restaurant use. And when you cook on that, you get that wood taste and and I think it's very nice flavor. So I am intrigued mm-hmm. with their char what'd you call it flavorizer bars flavorizer bars yeah that's it well you know it's not how many people don't think that oh i'm going to use uh jack daniel's charcoal pellets and my food's going to taste like charcoal on a on pellet grill and i'm like no it won't no <laughs> don't even think that way because it just it just you don't get that sizzle yeah that you yep. get from 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 flaming on onto hot coals you just don't I also remember I used to get some pellet logs from you. Has that something that has <laughs> not been brought back up to the uh, board table? You know, that was probably one of the best flops we ever did. But 
Best flops. I love it. Well, it was one of those things that it was just too cool. It was ahead know? of its time is what it was. Well, and but the, the yes, it really was. And it was one of those things. Number one, we came, we brought them to market, and we marketed them fairly cheap, meaning inexpensive for for what it was. Because again, that was a hundred percent flavor wood. I'm looking at a pecan one right now in my bookcase. But they were so much fun to use, and I used them in competition in my FEC in a smoke pot, and which turned out this is very serendipitous because our cast iron smoke pot would fit a hunk of that perfectly. Yep. And you talk about deliver smoke flavor. It worked very, very well. And somewhere in my barbecue room at home, I have about two 12-count cases of hickory. (laughs) Special edition for you. No, actually, I I took them back from a friend of mine in Alabama. He says, I'm not able to sell these. You want these things back? I said, sure, I do. I'll find somebody who wants them. And the reason anyway. I say it was ahead of its time is with today's world of the Woodborne Beetle and people not being able to go into certain states with their mm-hmm. split wood. And now with, and I don't remember if it was Old Hickory or Southern Pride, they're advertising these pre-pressed logs like exactly like that, I think. And they're usually in cubes. That that Italian machine that made those logs, it really only made apple logs really, really well. You had to get the pressure and everything, and, and you just about had to have a different tube for every flavor. Oh. And we didn't. The machine's in the back of the warehouse somewhere. We've tried to sell it to a couple of people. <laughs> And actually, all the all the instruction manuals or everything are down in, outside of Fort Worth right now. <laughs> yeah, it was it was too hard. In fact, Steve Farron with uh, I Smell Smoke, yeah. actually found the people to get it to going again. At one point in time, it was broken, and 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 he said, "Well, I'll find you somebody." And he, he sure enough. <laughs> yeah. Well, it just goes to show you that not every idea is the right idea. Uh, nor is every execution the right, right way to go. Frankly, I think uh, Moho Bricks, I think mm-hmm. he's he's got a good thing going on. He really does. Yeah, and, but uh, execution. Yeah. Well, that's one of those things that you have to decide at some point in time. Where, where are your strengths? Yep. And our strengths are in pellets. So it's like we don't do rubs. We've tried that. We don't do, we probably, when we sell out of the cast iron smoke box, we'll not do those again because there's yeah. too many, there's too many other things out there from amazing tubes to mazes and, and shoot for that matter. You can put a, put a nail hole in an Altoids can and make a pretty good smoke box. That's right. I get that. I get that. Yeah. Well, outside of Barbecuer's Delight, Candy, you have stepped around in the livelihood of barbecue for a little while. I didn't want to say a long time. No, a long time. But you have dedicated some of your off time, not in office, to barbecue. You have been elected to the KCBS board twice. And I think both times. No, three times now. Three Three times. times. Okay. (laughs) That's what I was going to ask was just what possessed you, what made you, what drove you to it to be a BOD member? I'll be honest, politics sucks. <laughs> Even barbecue politics sucks. And I, I, I think I think I was a pretty good president the first time around. I, I was I was uh, after 
Mike Lake. Out of those six years, I I spent three years as president and two years as secretary and one year as the newbie. This time around, I walked in and was elected president right off the top. You had your pistols loaded. You knew what to do this time, didn't you? Yeah, pretty much. It's been the hardest year I've ever been on the board last year was. And this year is going to be even more challenging with with what's going on worldwide. We don't need to get into the particulars. That's not what I'm I'm asking about. Good, let's not do that. No, no. I'm asking (laughs) Candy Sue Weaver, what makes you want to dedicate even your time off, because it's not free time, for more barbecue It's a giving back, David. Okay. It's a giving back. It's like like the guys at OBR that, that... all came to being after the Joplin tornado. You know, it's a giving back, and it's 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 being able to do something here that will hopefully leave the world in a better place. You, you know, go. whether it's the big world or the barbecue world. Frankly, we're all a part of the big world, so it's all the same. And I think if what's going on right now, this will timeline this podcast, but what's going on in the world right now, more and more, including us, we realize that we do our, or we are touched by everybody in the world. Absolutely. You know, right now on the board, we have a board member in Northern Italy. Yeah. Right now. I mean, this is personal to KCVS right now. Was he you know, traveling and got stuck over there? No, he's Italian. I don't think I put all that together. Yeah, Hamo Guttweiler is Weiner, and I said that wrong. He's Italian. He's from Northern Italy. He's a he's a contest rep. Okay. He's a judge. He's he cooks one a year. You know, he's a really great guy. He was elected to the board last year. Okay. I did not put all that together. Let me ask you this: What would you ask me if this was your podcast? Ooh, turn the tables. <laughs> You've actually got me speechless. That's kind of that's kind of scary, David. What happened to the maple seasonings? Damn it, those were good. You know, oh. you did you did those things. Remember in Fort Smith a couple years ago, you had something that I actually turned it in on cream brulee one time and, and yep. toasted it, and it was fabulous. It was a rub and, I was testing and playing with, uh-huh. and. I even was testing and playing with another version of our honey rub and mm-hmm. both of those. Yes. The, my favorite was the maple. And do you know what I played with that on more than anything? Cause I fell in love with it and that was cheese. Mm. I mean, <laughs> crazy, but the savoriness of the cheese and the creaminess along with mm-hmm. that maple rub. Oh, it was good. And I bet it gave it that, that cheese a little bit of a crunch on the outside when you smoked it. When it smoked, yes, that's right. Yep. Mm. Mm-mm-mm. Wow. Well, Man, that was a good turntable because I didn't thought of that stuff in forever. Well, that was something that I, I, you know, you shared some of that with me, and I, I'm like, I went to town with it for a while. And, I, I mean, I actually am looking at some maple sugar rubs that I paid it unbelievable fortune for and in fact i'm gonna walk over and look and see who they were made by but this came out of vermont and they have a maple chipotle that and a maple rub but the maple chipotle always made me think of you (laughs) nice think about it bring it back all right i'll get started with it because that's something i can do i'll share i'll share my cream brulee with maple rub (laughs) there you go yeah (laughs) 
Well, that's pretty well all I got. Tell everybody where they can follow you, where they can follow what you do, um, Barbecuers <laughs> Delight, everything. B-B-Q-R-S-D-E-L-I-G-H-T.com. And I am Candy Weaver on Facebook. I'm not that hard to find. Barbecuers Delight is on Facebook. I don't post enough. I'll try to try to do better. You can always reach me at C Weaver at KCBS.us or Candy at barbecuersdelight.com. But any email from the website comes right to my desk. In fact, um, most of the time, if you call Barbecuers Delight, I'll pick up the phone. So it's 877-275-9591. There was something I did forget, and that is at the end of every podcast, we inject you with a podcast truth serum. And you have to tell the truth when I ask you a question. So you've been injected. Here comes a question. What's your favorite type of a movie? Scary, action movie, a love, a superhero? Mystery. Mystery. Maybe science fiction, but I like science fiction. I actually have every, oh, you would ask me that, and I have a, I have a, I have a brain break. Um, I have every episode of, of a, a, a television show that was ever made. Space <laughs> Odyssey, 1999. No, it, that Star was. Star Trek. <laughs> no, it wasn't Star Trek. It was, it was, it was newer than Star Trek, and it had, had a pretty good little love interest with, of him and a and a and a warrior woman alien and oh it, it started with an F and I can't remember and I hate it because it was really really good. <laughs> I was I'm glad you said it was newer than Star Trek because I was fixing to blurt out there, Buck Rogers in the 25th century. No, that though that was a pretty good comedy. Yeah. <laughs> yep. N- not the really old one that was not a talkie, but uh, <laughs> I don't remember that one except I have seen it. <laughs> okay, let's say you had to go to the movies to watch one of your favorite movies. Are you a popcorn, a milk duds, or a junior mint type person? Or hot tamales? Junior mint. Junior, junior mint. mint. All right. Yep. What is your favorite drink with it? Do you get a Coke, a Dr. Pepper? Uh, water. You're a water person? Sorry. Okay. Yep. Well, we've let you off the hook easy enough. Well, that'll be the end of the truth serum. Okay. So. Well, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to look at my uh, my video collection when I get home, so I can tell you what the name of that series is. Text it to me. I'd love <laughs> to know. <laughs> okay. You will, Candy. Thanks, I appreciate baby. the time. I know you're extremely busy, and especially with all the mail orders going on, since everybody's sitting at the house. That's right. Are you are you done with me? I am done, uh, Miss Candy. All right. You all have right. a great day. I'm gonna hang off now. All right. We appreciate everybody listening and hit that subscribe button. Smash that subscribe button and be ready for Butcher's next podcast.